We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This is episode two forty one of the pod, alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Football season is over, but don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Another beautiful season in the books with one of the most entertaining postseasons in NFL history. And that is not overstatement. Uh, We got a good Super Bowl, and that's not always the case. You know, sometimes the season finales or series finales even to our favorite shows don't live up to expectation. In my eyes, this one did. We will break it all down. But Matt, first and foremost, how are you? You know, I was I was a little bit sad on Monday, like, I, I, but with with football being done and all that. But I, I, I've gotten better as the days have gone on this week. Tuesday nice. was a little no, better. I'm, Today I'm a little bit better. It's nice that we have a, a nice, you know, bigger golf tournament to look forward to. I think that's a nice uh, little segue here. I, but it's it was a great football season. The fact that we got pretty much every after wild card weekend, which was you know all those blowouts, the fact that we got everything we could have wanted and more from the playoffs, I think helps ease the uh, ease the ending of football season a little bit more. Yeah, and um, you know it's you mentioned golf, and we'll talk a little bit about last week's waste management and moving forward to Riv this week. But uh, I don't know, man. It is shaping up to be another fantastic season on tour as well because we're getting we're not getting runaway winners we're getting first time winners mm-hmm. Scotty Scotty three straight first time winners five first time winners already this season and they're beating like high level fields they're beating guys who have four to ten wins already under their belt like last week's leaderboard at the waste management was unbelievable and i think we're going to continue to get more of that moving forward um there is this saudi golf league that bryson and phil are talking about going taking a big blood money check from if you will it is what it is i don't think the tour loses anything even if a couple guys do play these tournaments 10 of those 14 saudi golf tournaments do occur here on u.s soil as well so i I don't i don't know what the hell's going on or what to make of any of it but no um, offense to phil but like Okay, like we don't the, like the, the tour loses nothing if Phil yeah, leaves because yeah, he's I, just he's he's an attraction. I know he won the PGA last year, but like for the most part, he's kind of an attraction now. And I saw and also, yesterday with Bryson, like they're, they're, the report is he's still going to be able to play the Masters U.S. Open in British. Yeah, so, like, I think everything but the PGA. I think everything but the PGA is what he'll be what they'll be able to play. But um, I don't know. I, I just if you want to go do your thing and get a quick check from a sketchy league, go for it. But shut your mouth. Just do I it. Don't wanna, I don't want to hear Phil Mickelson grandstanding about how the tour that just paid him $8 million for drinking coffee and taking pictures of his calves isn't protecting him enough. Like, get, go pound sand, pal. Like, yeah. And I'm a Phil fan. I even, I even think that I skew towards being a Bryson fan on the relative gamut of how people like or dislike yeah, Bryson. Yeah, feel about him. But I don't want to hear a word about you not making enough money or having the opportunities to do so. We it, have it's almost like course. <laughs> it's almost like, like what, we'll get to the Super Bowls a couple days ago. It's <laughs> almost like like they're trying to like justify it to themselves in their own head. Like you know when when you have like that's a tough decision, it's a like you have a tough decision it, yeah. to make, 
and like you know it's probably not the right thing to do but like it makes a whole lot of sense and like you keep talking to your like your friends and your family about trying to justify why you're not going to that person's party because you got this and that when really you probably should go or something like that's kind of what this seems like like phil and bryson are like man i I know i shouldn't but like i kind of have to and like i want people to agree with me i want people to give me the okay that's kind of what it seems like phil for the most part is doing bryson hasn't been as vocal it seems like he's actually been kind of quiet except when like directly called out but like phil just needs to i love phil i'm a lefty i grew up loving phil like he's just got to calm down you know what it is too i think that i think that phil still thinks he's the cool kid on tour especially after cashing that and uh that um whatever acronym they use for the social media check i forget what it is but Mm -hmm. i think he still thinks he's the cool kid on tour and bryson so badly wants to be the cool kid on tour so he's going to do whatever phil says you know i think they struck a really nice relationship at the Ryder cup that was productive for both of them um phil kind of putting his arm around bryson where the team maybe didn't or wasn't early on in the week. So I think that they're kind of in lockstep, but you're talking about a polarizing character in Bryson, who many are just kind of sick and tired of the act and a polarizing character in Phil, who's been that for his entire career. So if they're expecting the masses to follow them to some Saudi golf league, I I don't see it happening, but more importantly, the Los Angeles Rams are your Super Bowl champ, 23-20. to 20. They take down the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, it all came down to a drive late in the fourth quarter, 15-play drive. Uh, we've seen it from a million different angles now. Matthew Stafford with a no-look ripper Unreal. up the middle to, to Cooper Cup. That's the play that people are going to remember. And I asked Brady Quinn this question post-game because Irish. the what-if, what you know, if you're on the losing side of things, you're always asking what-if. Well, if – If that drive doesn't get punctuated by the second Cooper Cup touchdown, the what-if question is what if Matthew Stafford didn't sail one into the stands on first and goal? Like, that Mm -hmm. was was a – alarmingly bad throw that I thought, oh, like something bad could happen here. Stafford doesn't look comfortable here in this goal-to-go situation with less than two minutes on the clock or less than three minutes on the clock, whatever it was. Um, That's not a history – that's not something history will remember. The what-if moment for the Bengals is what if Tyler Boyd catches that ball on – I believe it was third down and extends that drive and, Mm -hmm. you know, you take more time off the clock and it's a shorter clock for LA coming back down the other way. Million thoughts to get here, get to here. But I think first and foremost for me, the guy who won offensive player of the year, the guy who was a first team all pro, the guy who was a receiving triple crown winner, the guy who's now a Super Bowl MVP was called upon in the greatest moment, knowing everybody in that stadium and on that field, knowing where the ball was going, he came up big. 15-play drive, eight of those plays went to Cooper Cup, and that's how you win a damn Super Bowl, Matt. It it was not that, you know, Joe Burrow played fine, Joe Mixon was fine, Higgins and Chase were fine. I mean, Chase made one of the best catches like I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. The body controlled the reel that went in with one with one arm and then also turned, so it balled. I think that was amazing. But what it comes down to is the Rams' best players, Cooper Cup, who is the NFL's best offensive player, and I know Aaron Donald didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. He's the best defensive player in football every year. Their best players were their best players when they had to be. And that's yeah. – we look at just about every championship ever won. 90% of them are because the best players showed up at the big, you know, in the biggest spots and then played their best football when they needed to. And in that fourth quarter especially, there was – his Cooper Cup was fantastic. That last drive he punctuated. But, like, on the defensive side of the ball, there was no more valuable, important person on the field than Aaron Donald. The Rams – or the Bengals offense could not do a damn thing. And it's – 
kind of what everybody was talking about. What we talked about on the podcast last week was how the hell are the Bengals going to be able to, you know, keep the Rams uh, defensive line from completely blowing up the game and they could not come up with a game plan to do it. It's very hard to do. Um, and that was, that was kind of the story of it. Yeah. And the flip side of the coin of, you know, LA's playmakers and stars coming up and doing what they need to do in that moment, Cincinnati's biggest weakness, as you said, rears its head and is the reason that they mm-hmm. don't win this ball game. Burrow was only sacked once in the first half. You sacked six times in the second half. I mean, I don't have a snap count. Um, in terms of first half, second half, but total plays that the Bengals ran, 30, excuse me, 61 plays. So you're saying 30 plays a half. Every fifth time he dropped, or every fifth time they snapped the ball, he was sacked. Like, mm-hmm. I, like that, that can't happen. And that's counting run plays, too. So if you're going to take run plays out of it and say they went 50-50 run pass in the second half, I'm just kind of generalizing numbers. Every two and a half times he dropped a throw, he got sacked. Like, you're not going to win a football game that way. Um, it was it was interesting to watch everybody on that field. Like, like, the cost of winning that game was so much higher than just executing plays. Odell blows out his knee. Burrow injures his knee. He injured his sprained, knee. Sprained, sprained, sprained MCL. Sprained MCL is what they're calling it. Stafford really jacked up that ankle and, and just kept on going. Like, mm-hmm. it was... Um, it was two teams leaving it all out there to be as cliche as possible, but uh, you really got the sense that both of these guys were rising to the moment. Only one of them is going to be able to win it, but Burrow and the Cincinnati team, for all of their flaws, for him being the most sacked quarterback all season, for their inabilities to punctuate drives in the red zone, they still lost the Super Bowl by three points. They were right you there. What you, you could say what you want about his stats. They were driving down the field again. I, I got to see an alternate angle of it. I haven't seen it yet. Samaji P. Ryan, I need you to lay out for that ball yeah. on fourth I, down. I saw that. Like, the I most see. spectacular completion of all time. Oh, I was no, I Wait. P. Ryan got the carry, I thought. Was the, was that, P. Ryan also, P. Ryan was also the target on Oh, okay. Down. He was the target for when that he, Burrow, when, like. When, I don't know if you want to call it a twist. target. Yeah, Burrow got Whatever. spun to the yeah. ground and flipped one out. That was out. almost that the was greatest completion in the history of football. But I thought even yeah. the uh, the third and one where they ran it up the middle with him. Like, yeah, but Aaron Donald's got you by the hips. I'm sorry, I know you're not luck. supposed to extend the ball out, and maybe you're thinking play for another down, but like he was that yeah. close. But like also, why is Samaji Piran getting that carry? Yeah. Why is Joe Mixon um, not getting that carry? But like that's – you're right. The, the Bengal, it, it was kind of similar to the Titans game. They ended up winning the Titans game, obviously, in a last-second field goal. But, like, despite being sacked seven times, and he, I think he was hit four more, I think the Rams had 11 QB hits, like, Joe Burrow and the Bengals' offense still found themselves with a chance to win that football but, game. And you look back on it, like, there were the first drive, they, they the, early on they forced that turnover and then ended up not getting anything out of that. Like, mm-hmm. in those big moments and those big games, when the other team gives you the ball in pretty good field position, you you can't go three and out from the 50. Like you just and that's that. the point here. And that's the point here. You can only skate by so long not executing at the highest level. Mm-hmm. There's the Rams. I mean, point to their big mistake. What was their... What was their big mistake other than botched ben extra Skor- point? Botched extra point, Ben Skoranek not being able to pull one in and it turning into an interception. Like that was the inflection point right there. Coming out of the half, first play, no whistle on T. Higgins trying to rip Jalen Ramsey's mm-hmm. helmet off, seventy-five yard touchdown. Very next play, interception by Ben Skoranek. Things could have really gotten out of hand there, and LA did not allow it to happen. Um, they yeah. came right back. They settled back in. Um, and Matthew Stafford is now a Super Bowl champion, 26 of 42, 83. I don't even want to have the Hall of Fame conversation because it's just like 
it immediately sucked up all the air of like celebration, like not even yeah, well, like, hours. Why later, do we need to have Richard this Sherman? Richard Sherman's on Twitter taking people to task, myself included. Um, he didn't take me to task, but uh, there was a, a, a little back and forth between Richard Sherman and I on Twitter. I don't know if you caught it, but uh, go check that out. Sick name um, drop. It was it was respectful. It was respectful on both sides. But uh, so Will Brinson got. I saw uh, Will got, Brinson kind of got into yeah. it with him. Yeah. yeah, so he, they were going back and forth, and I quote tweeted um, Richard Sherman's comment of, like, what accolades does Stafford have? And I quote tweeted it with um, the gif of the Player Hater of the Year Award, Charlie mm-hmm. Murphy from uh, from Chappelle Show. Yeah. And that caught his attention, and uh, he said, where's the – he tweeted back at me, where's the lie? And I said something along the lines of – I'll bring it up because it was, it was a pretty well-crafted tweet here. Uh, not that this is – uh, you know, great podcast. Great podcast. Just, just outlining outlining my Twitter exchange with uh, uh, with Richard Sherman. But I said uh, along the lines of, uh, "It's a, the, the, here we go." Uh, I tweeted back at him after he said, "Spot the lie." I said, "I'm not going to sit here and tell Richard Sherman, a gold jacket himself, who deserves, or excuse me." Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell Richard Sherman, a gold jacket himself, who deserves what in a game he defined. But like dancing double dutch and rub routes, it's all about timing. Let the man have his day in the sunlight, which was yeah, like I, which was pretty good. But like like let's have this conversation in a week, in a year yeah, like when he retires. Like it was all it was all the conversation like leading up to the to the um, like to the Super yeah because Bowl when you talk like, for two weeks, you need like, I guess you need it, but like yeah, like I, I know we're there and he got it, but like why do we? Matthew Stafford's thirty three. He's probably got at least five years, probably closer to seven or eight left in him uh, playing football. Like, why do we have to decide right now whether he's in the Hall of Fame? Like, what, we, we don't have mm-hmm. to make that decision. Let's just let the guy celebrate his Super Bowl. Like, I, it, it really kind of made no sense to me that that's – that. I, I, again, get why we talked about it leading up to it, but why that just immediately became the, oh, what, like, should we, we need to talk about this the second the Super Bowl's over, the day the Super Bowl's over. It just – it was a little bit – weird to me i don't know why that's got to be brought up yeah so. people i mean people always want to spin it forward but that's spinning it too far forward for me and like you said there is some uh some rope there still on the matthew stafford career uh just to just to kind of close the close the circle here on the richard sherman uh on the richard sherman interaction he then tweeted back at me uh he gets his day brother so he liked that i you see how i you see how i tactfully buttered him up and called him a, a hall of famer you gotta do so, that oh, everybody so, knows so he wasn't, you so he wasn't gonna, yeah yeah he wasn't yeah. gonna come back at me he wasn't gonna come back at me with anything hot so he said he you notice i brother. usually compliment you before i insult you all the time thank you i appreciate yeah. that he said just throwing around hall of fame like that irks me so many had to be the most dominant to make it and i agree with that point out of richard Sherman. i just uh, i just don't think that, that it's necessary that we kind of uh, put him through that gauntlet of uh, criteria whether or not he belongs in. Like you said, there's still some things that he could do because most notably here, maybe not most notably, but very notably, for the second consecutive season, a quarterback leaves a situation, goes to a new team, wins a Super Bowl in year one on his home field. Like that's uh, – I, that, I don't know. That's obviously coincidence, but it's still it can wild. be re- – yeah, it's wild and it can be read into because never before had a team won a Super Bowl on their home field, and here we have it twice by a first-year quarterback. Now, Tom didn't need it for his legacy. Stafford very, very much needed this Super Bowl for mm-hmm. his legacy. Do you think this? Do you think this projects forward to current free agency markets, Matt? Like quarterbacks who are looking to go win the Super Bowl somewhere. Mm. I, I don't know if there's a better situation for Aaron Rodgers to win a Super Bowl than one than the one he's currently in. Maybe there is a ceiling there, but he's obviously the big name quarterback free agent. You're looking at a guy like Russell Wilson who wants another one. Uh, you're looking at a couple other guys who are 
testing the waters and, and trying to get into new situations and figure out, you know, what the shortest distance between point A being where they are and point B being a Super Bowl is. Mm-hmm. I, I think in terms of the the hosting the Super Bowl thing, that part's the purely coincidence. Yeah, yeah, part. that, that's, the, that's completely. But the, no, but the quarterback leaving for a better situation is totally a thing. Now, like you said with Aaron Rodgers, does is is there a better like situation the better out situation? there? Probably because, not. I mean, you can look around the NFC, maybe an NFC South, maybe a team like Tampa NFC. who's got weapons. Um, it's I would be NFC because if, if it's AFC yeah, match, AFC, you're it's going. Not. If it's AFC, you're going through Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Like if it's the, AFC, it's, it's because throw. he wants. If it's AFC, it's because he wants to be closer to home, and that's that's the only reason. Yeah. Um, but like I. I there's probably not a better spot for him. The like, Sean Payton still being in New Orleans would have been a better spot for him. Tampa is the only spot that you could tell me right now is probably better for Aaron Rodgers to go out and win a Super Bowl because the NFC South is just going to be absolutely putrid this year, or excuse me, next year. Um, in terms of Russ, though, like yeah, I'm, I, yeah, the NFC is less uh, is more difficult than the AFC, but he's also in the probably most difficult division in football and the Seahawks aren't getting that much better anytime soon. So if I'm him, I'd be very thankful, but like, Hey, it's, it's, it's time. It's, we're seeing what we saw, what Tom did. He went to a better spot, saw what Stafford did. Stafford was obviously a little bit different situation than Russ is for his career. But in terms of where Seattle is now, like they're not winning a Super Bowl anytime soon. And if Russ wants to capitalize on those years, he should absolutely be looking for somewhere to go. Um, I think that because, you know, nobody wants to end their career just sort of limping into the abyss. And that's mm. kind of the direction Seattle's going here. And I I'm, be, I want Russ to go somewhere else to see what he has left in the tank. Yeah, because I don't know what he injury, has left. That hand injury last year, we can't really assess him properly. But how He rushed back hand, and it was how not much did that hand. How much did that hand preclude him from being who he actually is? Or are we seeing the actual downturn in his career? Because mm-hmm. there's so much talent out there. The, the pace that these quarterbacks are setting and the um, effectiveness that you have to have to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league gets harder and harder every single year. And we saw a lot of guys take big steps forward here. Uh, I'm, I'm just going through this list again in my head here. You got Herbert in the AFC as well. Like, I'm not sure that... Mm-hmm. Um, he's a real gatekeeper, but another talented quarterback out there. So um, times are changing and things are getting harder and the road to the Super Bowl is only getting steeper. So the Rams, uh, with their all-in approach here, really push their chips to the middle of the table. They don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a pick until the fifth, fifth this year. Yeah, I believe yeah. they have a fifth and two-seventh this year, but it's 100% worth it. They're going to have to yeah, go through cap gymnastics. They're going to have to go through cap gymnastics. There's probably going to be some guys on that team next year or not be guys on that team next year who are on the Super Bowl team, not because they couldn't execute, but because they can't afford them. Um, you now have the situation with Odell, what he's going to look like. I think like OBJ because, and Vaughn are probably gone, right? Mm, I, you know, in, in talking with uh, our insider, Jason Lockonfora, and talking with Charles Davis, who does the calls on CBS, I did a segment with them and sort of posed the same questions to him, like, you know, who is going to be worth the squeeze? And they made the point that, you know, Odell finally found himself going back to L.A. Mm-hmm. And there's not going to be a huge market for a guy who just tore his left ACL twice. So he's not – don't call it a hometown discount because the market on Odell is not going to be that high. Yeah. Not going to be that Not even discount, because, but yeah, I know that, that, that's fair. 
we saw him get back to like, I mean, those two grabs, the touchdown to start the game and then the mm-hmm. long grab crossing over the field. He looked so he was looking Odell. like, yeah, like the last two months, he looked like Odell Beckham Jr. Like the dude who was reaching back like one, three and making mm-hmm. crazy plays his rookie season. He looked like that dude again. And I don't think that's only because he was physically feeling himself. I think that's because he had joy within him again. He was enjoying where he was. He was enjoying being on this team. He was enjoying being on a contender. And I think that's why Odell stays. I think that you might even see, you know, no deal struck until maybe camp and they they see where he's at from a health standpoint yeah. and they give him another one of these two-year deals with a player option for the second year or something like that. Um, so I think because of his situation, it's going to be easier for them to keep him and not stress that cap number. You also have Von Miller here who doesn't want to be a nomad. I mean, you talk about Matthew Stafford and the, the room he has left in his career. Von's in the twilight of his career. Now, he just looked, again, as effective as he's ever looked over the last two months of the season. That was, again, because he was in this situation opposite a very talented pass rusher in Leonard Floyd standing next to one of the most talented defenders in the history of the game in Aaron Donald. You don't go anywhere else and get the looks that you got in L.A. Mm-hmm. because there isn't as talented of a, of a front seven as there is in L.A., maybe a couple other places, but you know that list is short, and I don't think Vaughn wants to be a nomad at the end of his career. I don't think he wants to sign a one-year deal somewhere else and prove it, and when he proves it, sign a one-year deal somewhere else and prove it. And when he proves it, I think he wants a two- or three-year deal to say, I'm retiring as an L.A. Ram. I've got houses in L.A. Let me take a deal that has a nice, juicy signing bonus on it, and you can spread that money out, even defer it to post-career money. Like yeah. There are ways to wiggle around the cap. And That's the, number the thing one with the NFL thing, cap. The number one thing you're going to see the L.A. Rams do to get this into a more um, manageable situation, I think two things happen, and both of them are in their receiver room. Um, Cooper Cup's on a three-year, $45 million deal. He is criminally underpaid right now because mm-hmm. of what he did last year. They're going to come back to the table. They're going to give him an extension, and he's got a bunch of – cash due on that deal. They're going to take that cash due. They're going to wrap it up, put it into a signing bonus. Then they're going to spread a bunch of money out over the next five years. His cap number comes down. You got a guy in Robert Woods who coming back from an injury is due a bunch of money over the next three years, but they have an out this year. They might say, Rob, we did it with, we did it without you this year. And it's going to be hard because Odell's not healthy right now, but Van's going to step up. Sorry, we don't have the money for you. So I think they spread out Cooper Cup's money. I think they say goodbye to Robert Woods. And I think that um, they get under that cap pretty quickly and uh, keep a lot of these names that, you know, on the surface you think would be gone. Yeah, that's fair. I think I I probably should have said more of Von Miller for me. is. I think he'll take it to free agency. I think he'll listen to some offers, but I think L.A. is going to have – I think LA is going to be yeah, tough be because it's LA. Um, I could see maybe a Kansas City playing along with with Frank Clark and Chris Jones. That would be a, a pretty um, dynamic defensive line. But also, LA is LA. The receiver the receiver is situation you brought up. It's probably got to be one or the other. And if the like like you described with the contract situations there with Robert Woods, you can probably get Odell for cheaper. And quite honestly, mm-hmm. Odell I believe is a little bit younger and probably a little bit better. Um, so as much as it's, it's been nice and Robert Woods still technically gets that Super Bowl ring and it, he's had a really great career there and kind of was with the Rams through some of the dark days and got them up to here. But like 
it, it is a business and he's probably going to be the guy that walks. He's probably the casualty from this. And, you know, wide receiver talent, no disrespect to the top tier guys like Cooper Cup, wide receiver talent can be found. Value can be found. Um, there are, you know, just to make it about Chicago for a second, there are Darnell Moody's out there. There are yeah. guys. You can find those can, guys in the fifth round. Yeah. Where there, the Rams have the pick. Could, there's guys who could supplement that role. And when you have 10 outside, who is arguably the best wide receiver in the game right now, mm-hmm. you can you can put lesser talent next to him and it's going to be fine. Um, you also have a great pass catching tight end and Tyler Higby that wasn't there. So, I mean, kudos to Matthew Stafford losing his number three target before the game and losing his number two target uh, with about four minutes left in the second quarter and still winning the damn Super Bowl. Um, Matt, I think every year or every Super Bowl, we kind of try and take a moment away. We try and uh, situate this in our minds a certain way. I'm still struggling to figure out like what the moment from this game was. How are you – what's the play? What's the moment? How are you going to situate this, this Super Bowl within, um, within your brain? Uh, it, for me, it was just that three and out uh, the the last three you know last four downs to close out the the, the Bengals with the Rams on the field was just I know it wasn't yeah. a single moment, but just Aaron Donald not just in the fourth quarter, but those four downs just completely taking over the football game and saying I'm getting my Super Bowl like that was the Rams defense was fantastic obviously everything about it was really good but like he just that was the best player and the biggest moment you know big time players you know make big time plays and he was. It was Aaron Donald being Aaron Donald when they needed him to be. So yeah, um, but yeah, me, one singular play, no, but like that's kind of the, the condensed yeah. moment for me. Like if I'm going to give you a singular play, it's a Cooper Cup touchdown at the end of the game. But to rewind that game film a couple plays, he took a lick on the chops. I'm not sure. I think we had a Julian Edelman situation there where I'm not sure that the Super Bowl MVP knew he was a Super Bowl MVP until he got back to the locker room. Like <laughs> he got he got popped a couple plays yeah. earlier. And to just get back up and make the play that your team needed, um, it was the it was the exclamation point on an already career defining season in many ways. It was it was everything we kind of hoped they we would get out of the Super Bowl after what we'd seen from wild card, I guess past wild card weekend on. Uh, it absolutely lived up to the hype, and I'm. I'm still kind of surprised with how many times Joe Burrow got sacked, got hit, that the Bengals were there at the end. But oh, it was a, a, an incredibly a resilient <laughs> effort. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what the Bengals kind of do this offseason because they are going to have to address that offensive line. But, like, they're also a team that caught fire towards the end and just kind of got hot. They're going to have a yeah. target on their backs now next year. And I, in a really tough division – and I'm interested to see how that goes. They're going to have a first-place schedule, all that stuff. So I, I could, I'm interested to see I where they very much, go this offseason. I could very much see this being one of the – and, like, I think Joe Burrow is fantastic. Let me yeah. preface this. Joe Burrow is, to me, one of the top four quarterbacks in the NFL right now. That always gives you a chance. But I could see this being one of those Super Bowl runner-up curses yeah, where that they, they, the that they, don't, that they don't make the playoffs the next year. Like you said, like, their playoff – future hung in the balance until the final minutes of week 18 this year. This was no juggernaut. Um, everything went their way. Everything fell. The chips fell in their favor time after time. And for that to happen two years in a row, I, I don't know. That that just yeah, doesn't that, seem realistic. And I think that they come into next year, I think they come into next year with four, if not five different players on that offensive line. 
So you could have a you could have a much more dominant Bengals team next mm-hmm. year. I just think that the variance in terms of their ceiling and floor is still very high. And yeah, very low. The, the the floor is still fairly low, and I think we saw that at times throughout this year. Um, I like I think Joe Burrow will be in AFC championships again and probably a Super Bowl here throughout the rest of his career. But like they seem like like you said, a team that next year, if you told me they were eight and nine and missed the playoffs, I would not be. I would not be totally shocked. And that's nothing against Joe Burrow. That's nothing against the talent they have on offense. That AFC is incredibly deep. They have a really tough schedule. And that floor is still kind of low until they make some proven key additions on that offensive line. And you also have a defensive group that probably overperformed as well. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. Um, You want to talk about talent, Matt? You want to keep talking about talent a little bit? Because just get it over we know where you're going. Talent. There was some talent on this program all season long. And when you stack all those chips up, there were some close losers even. But I gave you a 14-9 and nine season. You did. You had Moose a great year. Podcast. A 14-9 and nine season on the Moose and Moons podcast, punctuated, and that's the word of the day here, I think, punctuated by two winning picks handed out for the Super Bowl. First half under because of a botch snap. We take that one by a hook, 23 and a half, mm-hmm. cash those tickets. McPherson over his one and a half field goals, cash those tickets in the first half. The highest field goal rate of any team in the NFL. It was free money. 14 and nine on the season. Matt, on the other hand, you had a tough Super Bowl. 11 you and know, 12, you fall under 500. Thank you for the golf balls, my friend. I was, t- so those are already on the way. Actually, I texted you literally at, at the bar. <laughs> I, I texted Joe after, not even before half, Time. I texted Joe after the botched extra point snap because at that point it was late in the half and you can tell where the math was going um, that that just wasn't going to be it and that that was there's there's times especially in gambling where you know it's mm-hmm. over you just kind of read the signs <laughs> and that, that was it for me I was like hey what's your address going to get you some golf balls um, not only did Tyler. I have that I my, my one of my locks was the Super Bowl mm-hmm. MVP to go over his receiving total yards he won Super Bowl MVP and just a slow first over. half just a slow first half that's all the, so that's you know like I, there's just there's only so much you can do. I, I can't even be all that mad at it. It is what it is. I, I still like my both the bets I made. Your bets happened to you, you had some things fall into place for you. The Evan McPherson one was was I was the lock I thought and had I had in Robbie Gold a couple weeks ago. Robbie Gold only attempted two field goals for the first time, like in his playoff career. Or only attempted one playoff was a playoff uh, field goal for the first time in his career. So like it is what it is. Wasn't my year. We'll get him back next year. Still proud of you the things him? we did this year. You hear him proud of the things we accomplished. He's he's bet splaining. No, I'm just Joe. We've all been in gambling hot streaks and and downfalls, and sometimes the bounces just don't go your way. Sometimes I I will. I will say. Sometimes I will say. All of our sharps, all of our sharps, like mixing under props, under total yards, under receptions, under rushing yards. That was one of your two locks here. So um, your thought process would kill me. Mixon Mixon had a real like he had a 15 or 16 yard run. I think in the third quarter that that was. Without the one big long run, I probably probably cover that. But again, that's part of the game. Yeah, but I, like I saw it a little bit differently coming into the game. Like I thought that the game script needed to have a lot of mix in it if they were going to win this game. They needed to establish the run. They needed to bust it between the tackles. So LA's I thought you'd see him, but my, my thinking was right down the field. I think I said it last week. My my thinking in that was they weren't going to be able to run the football much, so they would yeah. get him involved Neither in team extensions really of the run game. Uh, yeah, um, neither Nixon, team really did. Nixon did amass those numbers, but neither team really like blew the doors off the thing running no. the football. No, um, I think more importantly here, Matt, I, I gave you my fourteen and nine record years, eleven and twelve, as a program that puts us at 
uh, 25 oh, nice and 20, 25 and 21 on the season. So as a program above 500. So if you're betting with the Moose and Runes podcast, you are in the money at the end of the NFL season. So I, I think I think we just collectively pat ourselves on the back here. Quick clap, little golfers clap. Yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. Uh, speaking of a golfers clap, you always know how to get me to our next topic here. I Matt. do. That was waste like a management segue. I mean, like, I said it on Saturday because Saturday was so wild after the Sam Ryder hole-in-one and everything that was going down and the leaderboard that came together. Like, the waste management is so much fun, and I don't think – I think it, it's a one-off, and it's perfect that way. I don't think other tournaments should try and replicate no. what they have. But, but other tournaments do need to do something that the waste management does, and that's lean into the perception of your tournament. Like, if you are – the masters be as reverent as possible. That's what yep. they do well. The waste management, we're throwing beer cans, we're popping tops, we're sh- taking our shirts off. Like, this is what we are. Embrace it and love it because it was such a fun week and it was Super Bowl weekend, a weekend where the NFL just sucks up all the air in the sports world. And the waste management really made a statement for golf. Next year, it's the waste management and the Super Bowl in the same city, uh, Scottsdale, Super Bowl weekend. going to be unbelievable. But, um, you know, prevailing thoughts here, Matt, obviously walk away with it, walk away from it with a couple hole-in-ones. Uh, you get a first-time winner in Scotty Scheffler. Patrick Cantlay in a playoff here. Sith Gala had a week, so we got introduced to this guy who was 318th in the world and not flinching until the 71st hole of the tournament. It was just another awesome week on tour, and it feels like we're stacking those up one after another. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Thigala story was fantastic, too, because, like, he even started the uh, Sunday. Didn't he start two over on Sunday? Or was that Saturday? Uh, Saturday, 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 bogeyed, Saturday bogeyed two and four. There were a couple times, five under. Yeah, there were multiple times throughout that weekend where he could have just been, that was yeah, you know, your rookie moment where he's done, and he just kept not doing that. So that was incredibly impressive. Uh, Cantley, I thought was a little bit disappointing. I kind of thought he had that tournament for the most part locked up and I don't know if it was playing too safe. I know he kind of got messed up on that one putt. Was that putt on 16 or 17 where it like, it was a, I think it was a birdie putt that took like 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 a pebble and like jumped up like literally an inch in the air. But like credit to Scotty Scheffler, but Patrick Cantlay had, I think several chances to close that thing down the stretch and just kind of didn't do it. Um, but it's, it's Which good to for me, golf. Like you said, we got a, a bunch of first-time winners, but you also still have like Cantlay's up there. Uh, Scheffler's becoming a bigger name. He's he, he's up there and obviously won. Brooks was up there. Xander's up there. It's like it's different guys every week, but you still have also the the big names up there that you want to see. But golf, the, the parity is so spread out now that you have these different guys that are all capable of winning, and it's not just oh this guy's going to win again because he's the best player in the world. You know, I, I know Xander's. Uh, top 10 week in and week out. He's a gold medalist at the Olympics, but I, I gotta, well, I gotta see him start winning some tournaments. Uh, like I'm, I'm sowing some doubt in terms of, uh, I have, ability. I have a little bit of that too with him. His like, ability I, to close out tournaments. I would, I would pose the same, um, sort of apprehension to Patrick Cantlay, but we just saw him win the FedEx cup. He's mm-hmm. won tournaments. He seems unflappable in the moment. Like when that ball hit the pebble, he didn't. There was no hands up in the air, John Ross yeah. situation. It was let me mark my ball, let me knock this in, let me move on to yeah. the next hole. When so Mark Immelman was covering Cantlay. To give you an idea here, CBS. When you go into a playoff, all of their on course people get assigned to a person in that playoff. Okay. Immelman was assigned to Patrick Cantlay. So even when Scotty Scheffler's lining up that putt, Immelman's watching Patrick Cantlay. Putt goes in. Immelman said, 
there was not a there was not an ounce of reaction from Patrick Cantlay. He literally just stepped behind his ball and knew the situation. Like he is the perfect. Um, I don't want to call him a golf robot because we saw a little bit of emotion at the Ryder Cup. We get to see that when he wins tournaments, he'll give you a fist pump. But mm-hmm. he's just so even keeled that I think that that is going to create more wins here in the short term. And I, I don't want to get too far out in front of ourselves here, but we're inside 50 days of the Masters. That's my pick. Yeah, I I, I was just going to say, I wasn't going to say Masters exactly, but I would be very surprised if Patrick Cantlay did not have a major after this year. I, I really I think, think he wins one. I think he's he, played in... I think he's played in nine majors, nine majors, ten majors, something like that. Like his career is still very young. He's only top ten twice in majors. That's what worries me. Like we need to see this guy. That's fair, but also I see this guy show up at Augusta. We do. I I think he he took like the next step in his career, though, kind of down the stretch last year. I feel like, and that I mean, he still need to show up in majors and all that kind of stuff. But like, I, I, I I think he really established himself down the stretch of last year. And then uh, especially in the Ryder cup uh, where he was unflappable, he was lights out everything you wanted from him. But like, I think this is, if, if he goes into the masters, goes into the U S open, goes in the British PGA, all that, I guess I did the order wrong. Cause I forgot they flipped it. Um, <laughs> if he goes into those and he's still not finishing top tens and he's still, you know, flirting with cut lines and all that kind uh, like that, then I'm, then I'm probably in, like my, I'm raising an eyebrow a little bit. But I, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt through this year. I, I do think – I really do think he either wins a major or he's, like, right there in a playoff is, you know, dueling down the stretch for one. Um, it's, not a, it's not a major this weekend, but it very well could be. You know, The field seems like s- it. Well, it's if you go by strength of field, the, the metric um, – I, I don't know everything that goes into it, but this field, this weekend at the Genesis at Riv – is a is a stronger field than last year's Masters. Wow. Everybody in the top twenty five of the official World Golf Rankings is playing. It's going to be another amazing leaderboard. I think it's going to give us a big name winner. Uh, Riv usually does, so it's going to be another great week on tour. And we will lean into the golf aspect of this podcast, Matt, with football season being behind us. Maybe we give you some feelers. Uh, I don't have the odds in front of me. We'll talk about it in pre-show next week, but. Start giving you some feelers, some some sprinkles here, uh, some money lines and long uh, long shots that we like on tour uh, in the mm-hmm. coming weeks. You got, you got anything you like for this? Pit? Have you have you looked at anything throughout the Genesis you like in terms I, of that? Don't give me don't give me the outright, odds. But, um, I have a call. I, oh, I, oh no no no! I do I do have one. I do have one. Okay. Uh, Tony Finau top ten pays four to one this week. I think that's a little long. Okay. Um, I like that. I think that we haven't seen a lot of Tony this year, so I, I don't know what his form is going to be, but. Uh, Big T top ten, paying four to one seems like something that we gotta we gotta consider. Not to not to, you know I am gonna I am plugging the brand I'm I, I'm on the Betsperts Golf newsletter right now which just has some fantastic splits deep stats it's it's fantastic stuff I'm not just saying that Joe if you haven't signed up for it you should too um, I'm going Cam Smith top ten pay it's plus two forty on Fanduel. Um, just by all the metrics, by, by all the metrics our guys are running he's a he's a great fit for the course he puts really well on Poana. Um, I, I I'm going to go with Camp Smith plus uh, two plus two forty. I think is what FanDuel is saying. It's lower some places, uh, some places, but I think FanDuel is going to be the best odds right now. Love a good metric. Uh, with Camp all Smith, respect, to, uh, Tony Finau is Tony Finau. Before I don't, I want to get this. Mm-hmm. You have Finau. He is the twelfth uh, best course fit golfer uh, of Love this that. field. So if you have you have him plus four hundred to be in the top ten, 
The deep stats say you have a chance, Joe. Uh, can you give me a ranking on course fit Matt Rooney to Pebble Beach? Because I Ooh. hear that that's something that's number that's, one. That's number that's one. I'm allowed to talk happening. about it. You yelled at me. You yelled at me a month ago when I said I was excited. Yeah, but it was a month ago. You're, you're I leaving was excited. It's you're literally Beach. this time tomorrow. You're going to be standing on Pasa Tiempo. Like, it's like true. give us, give us, uh, give us where you're at. Give us where you're at physically, mentally, where your game is at, because you're playing rounds over the week or weekend. Excuse me, at yeah. Pasa Tiempo, uh, Spanish Tiempo, Bay, Spyglass, Pebble Beach, Spanish Pebble. That's the order. We also couldn't, play, get you out on, couldn't get you out on Cyprus. No, no, no we tried. Trust me. We tried. <laughs> we, we pulled just about every, every damn string we have to pull and it just, it was not going to happen. That's okay. Uh, we'll survive. I am also excited. We're doing the uh, Pebbles new par three court, the, you know, short, oh, course. The hay? it's called the hay, which I believe uh-huh. was a tiger design. So excited yep. to do that. It's awesome. By the way, that those are just becoming like standard for all everywhere. these big golfers. They, they should be like that. That's becoming There's a, a standard for golfers. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a courtyard around my building, and courtyard doesn't even put it properly. It's like a small park. I want to put a little par three. Like you could, I could route three holes here behind my building, and I think we should do it. Joe, if they took where Mer- you know where Maravitz is in the city, obviously, like along uh-huh. the lake on the north side, if they you know rearranged, closed it for a summer, rearranged everything, and you know put music out there, put drink stands like they got at Pinehurst and all that kind of stuff, and just kind of made it like a par three, like fun party event, that thing would print money for the city in the summer. Make me, give me Lori's job. That's my first act. And the, the city's going to be rolling in cash. <laughs> See, now my, you know, when people have the conversation, when the, uh, when the lotto gets up to a half a billion dollars or whatever, yeah. I, I don't play the lotto, but when when I fill up my gas and I see five hundred million, let me get fifty on pump three and one line of the policy. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at that's, too. And, and you always have that conversation. Oh, what would you do? What would you do if you win it? Well, first thing, first thing you do is you hire an attorney and a, and a tax specialist. <laughs> Second thing you do is you buy Sydney Maravitz from the city, yep. privatize it, and we have a private par three for just our friends on the water. Like, that's, sorry, that's sorry to do. the people of Chicago. This is mine now. If you have my number, it's easy to get out there. You call me, I'll get you out on my course. If you don't, uh, you look at I'll it. Call my you secretary. look at it. You, you, ride, yeah, you, at that point. you ride down Lakeshore Drive and you say, oh, what a, what a beautiful little par three course that I wish I yeah. could play it someday. You know, that's, I, that's, you, my first, that's my first act as a billionaire. That, you know, I like it. I think that's, that's, that's the way, that's the first act. That's what you spend your money on. You probably <laughs> spend most of it on that, but that's what you spend your money on. You immediately become a villain by buying a public piece of property from the city and privatizing it. Yeah, you know, okay. yeah, whatever. Everybody uh, but, in Chicago is corrupt. Let's get, back, let's get back to the task at hand. You've played Pebble before. I'm right in saying, correct? No, I have not. Uh, you have not. The okay. first time of playing all these courses out here, uh, out this way. I played wow. it, like in California more. Like I've, we've done Palm Springs, obviously together. Uh, mm-hmm. I played Pelican down in, in Newport Beach, but I've never played. Uh, I've never played Pebble. I, it's, I've never been on Pebble. I'm. I'm. I've seen every flyover YouTube has to offer. There's a great like nine and a half minute one narrated by your boy Jim Nance. Um, mm-hmm. I've watched that like 15 times. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to say the least. I, I think Pasa Tiempos tomorrow. And it's probably it's the older course. It's a little bit, you know, tighter, obviously not like right along the water. So it's, it's a little bit more of an older school like feel to it. That is the I, I've hit indoors. I've hit off mats like last week a bunch. 
but there's really no substitute for hitting the ball on grass until you actually go hit the ball on yeah. grass. I'm using Pasa Tiempo as a let's get the swing right round. Like we're, we're going to obviously try and score as well as we can, but that's our let's just let's get everything right. Let's get the swing feeling good. So by the time we're on Spyglass, by the time we're on Spanish, by the time we're on Pebble, like, you know, everything's worked out. So yeah, I'm giving myself um, an 18 hole buffer to work things out. I, I might be wrong in, in saying this, but. Pasa Tiempo might be the hardest golf course you're playing. That's so what know. I've that's what I've been told. And honestly, well, <laughs> I don't that, know, that's I don't know if that's the, I don't no, well, the warm up round you want, but I guess um, it's more so more like not that not I, I'm going into that one with the lowest expectations for my game because I know it's a very difficult course. I know it doesn't fit my nerds, style very well. The golf nerds love yeah. the place. Though. So I'm going into it with like, hey, we're just if I if I don't play well, I'm not gonna be bad at myself. I just want to take some good swings, get the swing feeling good. So by the last three, you know, that are that, uh, maybe a little more turf. scorable. Yeah. Get that turf interaction on point before you take the talents to Pebble. Word to the wise here from someone who almost blew his knee out um, yeah. at Pebble, not playing, uh, at Pebble stalking the ground. Yeah. If you're long left at 17, there's a big plaque there uh, where Tom Watson hold his chip at the okay. U.S. Open. Didn't see it, slipped, almost blew out my knee. So careful if you're long left at 17. Uh, you know what? I, my miss is usually long right, but I will keep an okay. eye out on that. I'll, I'll <laughs> okay. let the group know. I'll let the group know. Well, enjoy yourself. Send lots of pictures. Tweet oh, yeah. lots of pictures here for the Moose and Ruins listeners uh, who might not have a group text open with the kid himself. But enjoy yourself. Hit it long, hit it straight, uh, and uh, keep that birdie count. I want to know how many birdies you make. I will let you know. If, if I walk away with, with a couple and give, give me two birdies through the weekend, I'll be very happy. Obviously, we're trying to make more. But if I, you know, if I walk away with a birdie on Pebble Beach on any hole, I'll be very happy with myself. I can say a birdie. <laughs> it immediately becomes, your fa- immediately becomes your favorite hole. You have, to buy you, a, think, you have to buy a flag with that number. Do you think they already have where Spieth tried to hit that shot roped off yet? Um, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you got to park one under the tree there like Speed too. I, I, I think caddies at Pebble have probably been told strictly, get the hell away from that spot. Don't do uh, not go well, anywhere I'm, near it. I'm sure you'll see parts of that course that few have seen, Matt. So you yeah. enjoy yourself. I have a way of doing that on most golf courses. It's, it makes it more fun. It makes I it just want to see every part of it. That's what I do. I do realize that I'm the only thing standing between you and a beautiful West Coast golf trip. So do you have anything else for the people here before we say goodbye, Matt? I don't. Uh, watch some golf this weekend. We'll be back next weekend to talk some golf. That's going to do it for the Moose and Runes podcast, episode 241 of the pod. For West Coast Matt, I am Joe. Talk to you guys next week. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. <laughs>